0: Good morning. I'm John, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for August 4th. So how were things in the wrestling industry 25 years ago, in the middle of the hotly contested Monday Night Wars? On this day in 1997, WCW Monday Nitro was presenting their 100th broadcast on TNT. Add to that the fact that they were on their way to Sturgis for the Road Wild pay-per-view, and there had to be big things ahead tonight, right? Let's take a look. Hey there, if you're listening to this, then chances are you love wrestling. And if you care to continue the conversation with me, John, and other listeners of this show, then I invite you to join the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. Just search for Daily Wrestling News Show or go to facebook.com groups slash wrestling news show and click join. We cannot wait to meet you there. The group is brand new, so if you're one of the first to join, don't be afraid to say hi. Now, on with the show. Big news to kick off Nitro, this special 100th episode will feature Hulk Hogan defending the WCW Championship in the main event. He doesn't want to wait to face Lex Luger at Road Wild, so he plans to make short work of him tonight and head to Sturgis where he'll give a title shot to his NWO brother, Scott Hall. Meanwhile, J.J. Dillon is trying to coat Sting out of the rafters. Tonight's attempt comes in the form of a contract to face Kurt Hennig. Sting would rip up that contract in front of Dylan and walk away without uttering a word, while Hennig was having a crisis of allegiance, with offers on the table for both the Horsemen and the NWO. Raven was sitting in the front row for all the action, with Stevie Richards acting as both his mouthpiece and whipping boy. The Giant continued to put on displays of superhuman size and strength as he beat three men at the same time. But in retrospect, the most noteworthy part of this match was that current IMPACT executive Scott Demore was one of his victims on this evening. Cruiserweight champ Das Wunderkind Alex Wright interrupts the Nitro girls to teach them by example how to truly move those hips. Wright is headed for a rematch in Sturgis against the bright-eyed upstart who he recently took the cruiserweight strap from, Chris Jericho. There were appearances by everyone from Glacier and Ernest Miller to DDP and Ric Flair. In the end, however, this episode was all about Lex Luger and Hollywood Hulk Hogan. WCW versus the NWO. With the 20 pounds of gold on the line. Luger would beat Hogan for his second WCW championship to give the WCW brand something to celebrate on this big 100th broadcast. But as you probably remember, or quite frankly could have guessed, Hogan would win back the title five days later at the paper. Over in Vinnie Mack land, WWF had just presented SummerSlam over the weekend. You would expect plenty of entertaining fallout following a Big Four pay-per-view. Bret Hart had just beaten The Undertaker to begin his fifth and final WWF World Championship reign, the one that would end in infamy. He did so with the unintended assistance of Shawn Michaels, who swung a steel chair at Bret but accidentally made contact with the dome of The Undertaker and was then forced to make the three-count in his role as Special Guest Referee. On this same SummerSlam card, Stone Cold Steve Austin would win the Intercontinental Championship from Owen Hart, despite being legitimately, albeit accidentally, spiked on his head during a botched pile-driver spot. Sergeant Slaughter was the new Commissioner of Raw, and one of his first acts of business on this night was enforcing the clause from the SummerSlam match between Brian Pillman and Goldust, that stated a Pillman loss meant he would have to wear one of Marlena's dresses in the ring until he posted a victory. That W would not come on this night as Pillman would get counted out while drawing with gold dust at ringside in the front row. Pillman lost to spark plug Bob Holly and his glorious mullet, but boy did Pillman's pecs pop in that sparkly gold number. Taka Michinoku and Brian Christopher would put on a really entertaining match that no doubt helped the momentum that led to the return of the light heavyweight championship later that year. The Undertaker was none too pleased at the way he lost his WWF title the previous night and planned to sink revenge on Shawn Michaels first. But an appearance on the TitanTron by Paul Bearer would let Taker know that there were much bigger things in his future than HBK. Taker's brother Kane was not only alive, but he was coming for Big Bro. Struggling to keep their collective heads above water in the ratings war, WWF would tease a main event for most of the night that promised Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not only did the people behind the scenes know all along that Austin would not wrestle on this evening, if any of them had a soul, they would have realized that they were taking a big risk letting Austin appear. The truth was Austin should have still been in a hospital bed in New Jersey after the mishap the night before. The main event would see Dude Love step in to face Owen Hart with a disgruntled Brett joining the commentary desk. Brett would leave the desk to run Dude into the ring post. But not to be outdone, Stone Cold would arrive and counter Brett's interference by cracking Owen in the head with one of the slammy awards that accompanied Owen everywhere he went. This led to a victory for Dude Love. Nitro would pull a 4.4 rating for the night. One of their best to date. They were deep into their famous streak of 83 weeks of beating up on the WWF who tallied a 2.7 rating that week. It would be about a year before WWF would swing the tide in their favor. Those ratings would equate to roughly 10 million sets of eyeballs on wrestling just on this Monday night where the two shows overlapped each other for two hours. Just to put some perspective on things, today, wrestling is probably as healthy as it's ever been. In a five-day work week, there are six wrestling shows widely available on basic cable for a total of 12 hours. That doesn't include streaming options from the big boys for another handful of hours and countless offerings for smaller companies across the country and beyond. Today, WWE puts on their healthier show on Friday nights and it could be pulled out of the air with rabbit ears. By today's standards... SmackDown is watched by a respectable 2 million viewers most weeks. Raw usually tops 1.5, occasionally touching the 2 million threshold, and their main competitor hovers right around 1 million with their biggest show. In fact, if you tally all six shows in the week, they still fall short of that 10 million viewer mark with twice the hours and no head-to-head overlap. So what's my point? Sure, there are more options to take your attention on a weekly basis, but 1997 wasn't exactly the era of three networks either. I guess what I'm saying is, as healthy as the wrestling business is today, man, those Monday Night Wars were truly something special. Yeah, I'm that guy. It was all better back then. Now get off my lawn. This has been the Daily Wrestling News Show for August 4th, 2022. We'll see you tomorrow.